Welcome to the Wellspring Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message from this Sunday's service. Why don't you turn to somebody and tell them, just Jesus. Just Jesus. That's it. How many of you like simple in the room? You like simple? I'm not. I'm, if things get too complex, if you give me too many things, um, I'm not the multitasker. I, I need you to tell me the one thing. Just give me one thing, and I can do that. If you give me more than one, you're in trouble. So um, I'm going to go ahead and get a fishing story out the way, because I try and tell one every week, but this one really works. Um, I went fishing Friday morning. Um, yeah, it was good. Um, caught a few fish, but I, I was fishing from a, uh, a paddle board. I went with, with my dad and I went with Pastor Nick, and um, I won't, won't say who caught the fish. It was me. Um, but I was on a paddle board, and it was windy, and it was really hard to navigate, okay? But um, I was determined, and so while I'm on the paddle board, it, my dad had it all rigged up with like an ice chest strapped down so I could sit down or stand up and there's some crates and you know it was just a nice little setup I had an anchor on there and um, a long paddle and uh, a couple fishing poles and uh, I, I'm out there and I'm just one, I'm excited about catching fish I'm like I'm going to catch something huge and uh, and so I, in my mind I'm thinking I've got to try every way possible to catch a fish because if I'm trying one thing and all these, the biggest fish in the ocean or whatever, the Gulf of Mexico is swimming around out here, I'm going to miss it if I don't have all the possibilities in. Because I could be fishing with the thing they're not biting. This is what's going through my mind, all right? I'm, I'm excited. And so I'm fishing all these different ways. And while I'm trying to navigate the paddleboard, I'm struggling. I'm, I'm doing lots of things, but doing nothing well. Come on. Okay, I, I'm fishing with two fishing poles, and while I'm paying attention to the one that I think is going to get the bite, the other one gets the bite, and I get no fish, right? And uh, so that was for about an hour of my day. I was, you know, just struggling through that, not catching anything. And then I made, a, I determined in my mind, I'm going to do one thing. I'm going to fish with one pole. I'm going to simplify everything, and I'm going to catch a fish. And uh, even if it's a little fish, I'm going to catch something. I'm getting, and, and so I simplified, went to one pole, and I started fishing. And guess what? Caught a fish. And then I caught another fish. And, uh, and I'd like to say it was a bunch of fish, but I caught a couple of nice fish, okay? I caught a couple of redfish, ate them Friday night, and it was awesome. So anyways, I needed to share that with you guys. There's no big catch line other than this. I went fishing, I caught fish. But the point is this, I had to simplify. I was trying to do too much, and I was getting nothing done. I had to simplify. I had to hone in on, I'm going to do this thing, and I'm going to do it well. And I feel like a lot of times, as believers, or just as, as people in life, is we can get so caught up in all the things that need to be done that we miss the point. We miss the one thing. I believe, you know, you hear things, uh, you ever heard of the, the armor of God? 
right? You got the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, and you start going through the list. You know, has, has anybody ever woken up in the morning and been like, okay, I've got to put on the armor of God. I'm going to put on my helmet. I'm going to put on my bra- I mean, You go through the whole list and you're like, all right, I'm good now. And, and, and that's awesome. If that like works for you, that's great. For me, I, I try and go through the list and I'll forget one. And then I'm like, man, I just messed it all up. But I believe that sometimes even with things like that, that are truths in the word of God is we take them and we overcomplicate them. They're all true. They're all good. But I believe, what if you just woke up and said, I'm putting on Jesus. I'm going to find myself in him today. I'm going to find myself in him because he is my helmet of salvation. He is, he is everything I need in him. He is the fullness of everything you need is in Jesus. A lot of times we feel like we are missing something. Anybody ever felt like I'm missing something? I'm missing something. There's some, there's a deficit somewhere. And, but in Christ, you are already complete is the truth. You might need to learn to walk in it, but in him, you are complete. Jesus even said, he said, I'm sending you the spirit of truth who will lead you into all truth. He will lead you into all truth. It's one of those things where relationship with the Lord, it simplifies things because you're not guessing about where you should be or what you should be doing or who you are or who he is. As I have simplified to this is that I'm learning like we're just in worship. What we're doing is we're learning to sit at his feet and say, Jesus, we need to see you for who you are. And as you see him for who he is, you begin to say, "Okay, he is faithful. Then your worship is that you're bringing that back to him and saying, I believe you are faithful. And so today I want to talk about just Jesus. I want to talk about what it means to walk with him. I want to talk to you what it means to, um, and maybe as a believer, you say, well, where do I go from here? Maybe you have, you say, I've been serving God for a long time. And maybe for you, it's gotten to the point where your, your, your life with him, your walk with him has just become tradition. I do this because I've always done this. or I've thought this, I've found this is when I am with him, no day is the same. No moment in this is the same. No time in worship is the same because there's, he, he is limitless. There is, every time I think I've got him figured out, he's like, hey, check this out. Yeah. Or when I think I've figured out how he likes to do things, he's like, oh, I'm going to do things a little different today. Yeah. When I thought that, man, Lord, you were, there was this time in my life where I loved the, the, the time I'd spent with the Lord was just me behind a piano, just me and him singing to him. And I'm like, this is awesome. I'm meeting the Lord here. He's showing me who he is. I'm growing here and uh, just in worship and just listening for his voice. And, and then there was this moment where it shifted a little bit. I went to go play the piano and I'm like, Lord, where are you? Like I came to the meeting. You didn't show up. <laughs> Like he's there, but he, it wasn't like he was there the same way. And I had a few, like a week of me trying the same thing and, and me showing up to what was familiar. And finally I got this idea and I was like, I'm going to ask the Lord where he wants to meet me. And so I said, Lord, where are you meeting me? And he was very quick to respond. He said, I want you to meet me in my word. I want you in this season. I'm wanting to show you some things in my word. And, um, and because he loves to be with you, he loves to be, I've used this example before, but like, you know, I love going out to eat with Austin. We went out to eat last night. It was awesome. Date night. Guys, 
date your wives. Um, best advice you'll get all day. Um, but, but if we went to the same place every time and got the same thing, and we talked about the same thing over and over, it would just become very traditional, right? Just become very, you know, it, it would get a little old. I'd love being with her. I love love that, but we we it, it it would just become robotic, right? And relationship, there is the growth in it. There is the the we're learning something new about each other. You place somebody in a new environment, you're going to find something new about them. And so what I'm saying is that the Lord, he following him and walking with him isn't about tradition. It's about relationship. It's not building these routines around the Lord. I've got him cornered and I've got him figured out and he does it like this. It's like, no, I am dependent on you. And the, the, the goal is not to figure him out. The goal is to be with him. The goal is actually to continue to behold him in different ways so that you become like him. We were created in his very image. And so for us, our pursuit is to actually get back to how we were originally created. It's kind of like working in reverse, but um, I don't know if anybody likes actually work in reverse. So we just say we're, we're moving ahead, right? But I, I want to give us some scripture. We're going to be reading out of Philippians 3. And um, Philippians 3, I feel like if you read all of Paul's writings, the Apostle Paul, I feel like Philippians chapter 3 is where Paul is giving you his heart. He's like, this is, if I could give you who I am and what I have figured out, this is it. This is it. I'm laying, he's laying it all on the line. All right. So let's read this together. Let's start in verse 1. Um, I'm going to be reading it out of the Passion Translation. Love the way it says it. Um, so it starts off by saying, My beloved ones, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. And he says, I don't mind repeating what I've already written to you because it protects you. All right, let's stay right there for just a second. Paul is starting off saying, My beloved ones. So he's saying, Hey, I care about you guys. I really care. It's, it's an endearing statement he's making, like, I really love you guys, so I want you to hear this. He said, don't ever limit your joy or fail to rejoice in the wonderful experience of knowing our Lord Jesus. So he's saying this, is knowing him, experiencing him, he's like, I don't want to see you limited. I don't want to see you miss it. I don't want to see you pursue something else other than that. All right, let's keep going. Verse 2 says, Beware of those religious hypocrites who teach you that you should be circumcised to please God. Keep going. For we have already experienced heart circumcision, and we worship God in the power and freedom of the Holy Spirit, not in laws and religious duties. What he's saying is, in that moment, in that time, these believers were being presented saying, yeah, I know Jesus, he did this, he paid it all, but you still need to do these certain things to be saved. And Paul is saying, hey, it's not all these other things. It's just Jesus. It's just him. Everything you need is in him. And he goes on. He says, we are those who boast in what Jesus Christ has done and not in what we can accomplish in our own strength. Christianity does not start with a big do. It starts with a big done. It's been done. It's been done. Let's keep going. 
It's true that I once relied on all that I had become. I had a reason to boast and impress people with my accomplishments more than others, for my pedigree was impeccable. So Paul's about to tell us what he did. All right, like I sat here and told you how I caught those fish and my pedigree was impeccable. I didn't miss. Um, I'm messing. This is what he said. He said, I was born, and, and for us, some of this may mean nothing, but let me say this, for who he was writing to and for his audience, he was saying, listen, the things that people in this culture hold, think are like it, he said, I was it. He says, I was born a true Hebrew of the heritage of Israel as the son of a Jewish man from the tribe of Benjamin. I was circumcised eight days after my birth and was raised in the strict tradition, tradition of Orthodox Judaism, living a separated and devout life as a Pharisee. I'm having trouble reading today. I don't know what's going on. All right, next verse. And concerning the righteousness of the Torah, no one surpassed me. I was without a peer. Furthermore, as a fiery defender of the truth, I persecuted the Messianic believers with religious zeal. So Paul is saying, I, in this culture, I was the man. He said, I had no peer. There was nobody who pursued God and his law like I did. I, I was doing it. I was the goat. I was, I was the man, the greatest of all time, right? All right, no, verse 7. He said, yet all of the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them, and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. So he's coming and saying, I did all this, but it doesn't mean a thing in comparison of following Jesus and pursuing him, of knowing him, of encountering him. He's like all of the things, you know, our culture, our, you know, it, it is infused with, um, I think how I can say it, it is infused with self, self, the pursuit of self, our, our, our self-help, our, our, um, our need to become something, our, our, our dreams and our thing and, and our accomplishments and our, our stuff. We become consumed with ourselves. We love hearing about ourselves and we love talking about ourselves and we love taking personality tests to find out about ourselves. We, in this culture, we love ourselves. We are in the generation of the selfie. Right? Let me, everybody look at me. Everybody go on Facebook and hear my opinion. <laughs> hear what I've got to say. It is about me. And maybe, and I'm not, I'm not picking if that's you. You may be a really good Facebook preacher. I don't know. Amen. Hey. Um, but I believe that that's not the kingdom. I believe that who you really are is found in Jesus alone. It's not, you don't need to take a selfie to find out about yourself. That might sound really cheesy, but I'm saying this, you get it. What I'm saying is you need to look at Jesus to see you. In Colossians 3, it says that it's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. It is actually only in the pursuit of Jesus that you find out who you are. I read one scripture in Romans chapter 8 where it says that outside of a life led by the Spirit, you can't actually be yourself. 
is that you can't, is, is the way it's actually translated, it's the same as whenever the story of the um, prodigal son, whenever he is at his lowest and he's eating the pig food and he's like, this is it. It says that he came to his senses or he came to himself. He realized where I'm at is not me. So the Bible says that it is only in relationship with the spirit of God that you actually come to yourself and you realize who you really are. It's apart from that, apart from that relationship, you are guessing, you are guessing and you are, um, at the mercy of other people's opinion. You're, you're at the mercy of your failures and your successes to define who you are. Paul, he said this, he said, I no longer want my own righteousness. I don't want, I don't want even my right standing with God to be based on me. It's only in Jesus. Let's, let's keep reading. Verse seven, yet all the accomplishments that I once took credit for, I've now forsaken them and I regard it all as nothing compared to the delight of experiencing Jesus Christ as my Lord. Verse eight, to truly know him meant letting go of everything. Say, let go of everything. Let go of everything from my past and throwing all my boasting on the garbage heap. It's all like a pile of manure to me now. Man, those are strong words, right? He's saying it's all just a bunch of poop. <laughs> so that I may be enriched in the reality of, that's so good, so that I may be enriched in the reality of knowing Jesus Christ and embrace him as Lord in all of his greatness. Amen. I'm going to read this, then we're going to take, then we're going to come back to Philippians in a minute. My passion is to be consumed with him and not cling to my own righteousness based in keeping the written law. My only righteousness will be his based on the faithfulness of Jesus Christ, the very righteousness that comes from God. Jesus, I thank you this morning that your word is powerful, that your word is active and alive. It's sharper than any two edged sword. And I thank you that today it's cutting away old mindsets. It's cutting away wrong ways of thinking. I thank you, Lord, that we are coming into um, divine unity with your spirit, with what you're saying. I think you were coming into unity with truth today. I thank you that you are delivering hearts from the bondage of religion and tradition and, uh, and from busyness. And I thank you, uh, Lord, that you are bringing us into fruitful relationship with you, where you are our source for everything. In Jesus' name, amen. Three things, some of them we got to in Philippians, some we haven't. Three things that we do. We forsake, we run, and we cling. We forsake. Paul said this, I forsake my past. All the accomplishments, all the, the good, the bad, the ugly, I'm learning to forsake. You'll see him repeat that again when we keep on reading. But he does this. He's saying, I'm learning how to throw off the old thing. And I'm learning to run towards this one thing and I'm learning to cling to it. I believe every place of growth in your life as you are becoming like Jesus has these three key elements. You are learning to forsake, you are learning to run towards something else, and you are learning to cling to another. That actually is repentance. It is actually to turn from one thing to embrace another. 
It's not, it's, it's not simply, Lord, I'm sorry, I messed up. It's like, no, Lord, that's not who I am. I actually need to turn to you, run to you, and cling to you. And I believe today the Lord, he wants to teach us. Some of you, you have had so much in your hands because you've been holding on to things that the Lord has not asked you to carry. You've been holding on to past mistakes, past hurts, past offenses, and you've been holding it all. Maybe you're holding on to current addictions and you're holding on to these things and you think, well, I just need to, maybe if I read the right book or maybe if I get this or if I do this and you're turning to yourself to figure it out. When Jesus saying, I want you to throw that off. I want you to run to me and cling to me. Forsake, run, cling. Let's keep reading. You good today? All right. So in verse 10, he says, Paul says, and I continually long to know the wonders of Jesus and to experience the overflowing power of his resurrection working in me. I will be one with him in his suffering and become like him in his death. Only then will I be able to experience complete oneness with him in his resurrection from the death from the realm of death. What he's saying is he's saying, I want to know the fullness of what he paid for for my life, whatever it looks like. If, I, if I'm walking through hard things, if I'm walking through unfair things, if I'm walking through whatever, I want to cling to Jesus and who he is, because who I am is found in him. Not my goodness, not what I can accomplish, it's found in him. And then he goes on to say in verse 12, I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. He's saying, look... I'm not there yet. Anybody else? Can we just say we're not there yet? We're not there yet. But he he says this, but I run. So this is him running. He says, I'm running with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ laid hold of me to make me his own. So what is the purpose that he laid hold of you to make you his own? Right? And he says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. That's good news. However, I do have one compelling focus. And this is where he repeats. He says, I forget all of the past. He says, I forsake it all. I'm leaving it behind. The good, the bad, the ugly. I'm, it's, it's the past. And then he says, um, as I fasten my heart to the future... Instead, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. So let all who are fully mature. All right. I want you to remember that. So let all who are fully mature have this same passion. And if anyone is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. He's saying this maturity. This is the identifier for maturity. You become more and more honed in on Jesus. It's not like, oh, you know, as I grow, I've kind of, you know, there's Jesus, but then there's all these other things, too. You know, it's, it's, I've leaned on Jesus, but, you know, I've become strong enough to where, you know, I'm pretty wise and I can do this and I've got this ministry over here and I do this. And, and it's, but maturity looks like, no, I have come utterly dependent on Jesus for everything. And it's only out of union with him. It's only out of dependence with him 
that I'm finding real life, that I'm finding out who I am. I'm finding purpose in him as I've become dependent on him. This is no longer about me trying to accomplish my thing. And this is no longer about me trying to figure out all my stuff. This is about me coming and saying, Jesus, in every situation, every circumstance, I need you. I need your thoughts. I need your opinion. You know, um, we've been on Wednesday nights doing a corporate small group. It's been awesome. We've been going through the book of Ephesians and, um, and specifically through a book by Watchman Nee called Sit, Walk, Stand. And it really talks about the, the life of the believer and that we have been seated in heavenly places, that everything starts from a place of sitting in him, learning from him. As we learn, we begin to walk in that. We walk it out. And then we learn to stand in authority. We learn to, learn to stand in the authority that the Lord has given us as sons and daughters. And, uh, and Pastor Nick was sharing Wednesday night about uh, walk. And he began to use the picture of when uh, Adam and Eve were in the garden, there were two trees. Right? You all with me? Two trees. There was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and there was the tree of life. Two trees. And they were given one commandment, right? Don't eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And what does that represent? That represents where it actually, you begin to have your opinion of what's right and what's wrong. Instead of that, it's Jesus. It's what he says. What's your word? Because I could be completely right, but be completely wrong. Whenever I begin to, in my, my mind, be, I, I'm making the determination of what is righteous. Instead of, like Paul said, I've completely said, I, I just need, I, I only want to know the righteousness that comes from God in Christ. That's all I want to know. I don't want to know. I don't want to assume that I'm right. I don't want to assume. I don't want to be self-righteous. That word self Again, right? And I think a lot of times is we are feeding on this place of, well, this is right. This is what I've known. And we are, we are coming up with a righteousness that is not dependent on Christ. We are defining what is right and letting the Lord know. And I think a lot of our times coming to the Lord, we're like, well, Lord, this is right. And the Lord's like, well, you didn't even ask me. That person is wrong. They should have never said that. They should have, you know, they, they kicked my dog, you know, Lord, they were wrong. And anyways, it's silly, but we, we look at things in life and we are like, we're complaining to God. This is wrong. This is right. But we never actually ask God, what is your opinion? What are you thinking? And he, and, and there's no peace in that, but there is peace and there's joy when we come with everything in our lives. And what Paul is trying to stress here in Philippians is he's saying every part of your life, let it be in the pursuit of Jesus. Whatever that place is in your life, your kids, your job, your home, your ministry, Whatever it is, your, your anger issue, that thing going on inside of you, have you submitted that to the Lord and said, Jesus, I need you? I'm all about like, hey, read good books, learn some stuff, watch some po- listen to some podcasts. That's all good. It's good as if, if, if it is a tool that is on the peripheral, but Jesus has to be at the center. It has to be, maybe he led you to that podcast. Maybe he led you to that thing, but it has been fully, Lord, I need you. 
I need you. I need to, with this situation in my life, I need to learn how to forsake everything that I think, everything that I've known, so that I can run to you and cling to you. So with my job, Lord, is it a mindset? I need to forsake doing it in my own strength. I need to forsake figuring out my own strength. And I need to run to you. And I need to cling to you. Because you said that in you there's life and life to the fullest. I can trust you. Do you know that, you know, Austin said earlier is that when you know, the surrender is easy when you know that the person you're surrendering to is good. Yeah. See, the truth is, is that Jesus is so good. He's so kind. He, he is your savior. And he's also your, he wants to be Lord. There's actually no relationship outside of him being Lord. He is savior. We love, a lot of times we love the goodness. I love, Lord, you saved me. But there is this place in him where he's saying, I want to be Lord. I want to be Lord of your mind. I actually don't want you. I'm not asking you to have opinions that aren't my opinions. I'm actually asking you. I'm calling you higher because what he's doing is he's maturing you. He's calling you home, if you could say it like that, is that he is calling you to who you were always meant to be. The places that are out of order and, have, and that where we find anxiety and we find fear are the places where we have stepped out from the reality of who we are in him and who he is in us. So I believe today the Lord's saying there are some things I want you to forsake so that you can run to me and you can cling to me. Let me read, finish reading this, this passage. So again, it says, Let all who are fully mature have this same passion. If anyone is, yet gripped by these, is not yet gripped by these desires, God will reveal it to them. And he says, Let us all advance together to reach the victory prize, following one path with one passion. So he's saying this, let us, as believers, this is what we do. We pursue Jesus, just him, just him. And out of that, everything else comes. Everything else flows. I was telling our prayer team this morning, um, it's amazing. Like, uh, I, just as far as pastoring, leading a church, um, get lots of opinions, right? Lots of feedback. Hey, we need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do this. And I'm like, I love it. I'm like, hey, um, but, but I, I, have, I guess I've planted my feet in this, is that there's one thing that we do is that we pursue Jesus and do whatever he tells us to do. In John 5, Jesus said this. He had, he had, he had healed um, a man that was crippled on the Sabbath, and the religious leaders were ticked off. All right, they're saying, how could you do this on the Sabbath? And it's just one of those stories where you can see how, um, how engulfed in their religion these guys were, is that a man who had been crippled for years and years was just healed. And you're like, okay, but it's not good because you did it on the Sabbath. And you're like, what? You read some of these stories and you're like, man, but... It's how we can be a lot of times is we can say, well, that's not that can't be right because I've known this. I've always done it like this. I've always thought about this. And life in the Lord is actually saying, Jesus, what is right to you again? Right. And so but Jesus's response to the Pharisees is this. He says, let me let me read it to you. In John chapter five, y'all can throw it up if you have it. Maybe I didn't give it to you. 
All right, give me a second. I got to get there. It's good. It's good. It's up. Awesome. So this is what Jesus, he said. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can only do what he sees the father doing. Because whatever the father does, the son also does. Jesus, he's our model for life. He's our model for ministry. He's our model for how we do things. As Jesus said this, I can't do anything of myself. I see what the Father's doing, and that's what I do. Why would we be, as, as sons and daughters, why would we be held to any lower standard? And maybe for, I, I believe if we really grasp this, it would probably rock our worlds. Because we're so used to carrying the burden of figuring it out. There's so many voices and there's so many opinions. And I'm not saying they're all bad. I'm just saying, again, that they should be in the peripheral. That without relationship with Jesus, we are left to, again, we are left at the mercy of it being our rightness and our righteousness and our form of truth instead of what he says. And what happens when we fully submit to the voice of the Lord in our lives is it simplifies everything. It's a great way to live. Jesus, Jesus displayed that. What would your life look like if every day, every time there was something confronting you, a decision to be made, you took a step and said, okay, Lord, what are you doing? What, what is What does this look like in you? You know, we love Psalms 23, right? The Lord is my shepherd. But is he? Have you allowed him to lead you in that way? Where you're saying, the Lord is my shepherd, I don't need a thing. He leads me. He leads me to the things I need. And that's truth. It is. But what does that look like really in our lives when he becomes our Lord and our shepherd and the leader? He's not looking for people to be his leader. He's looking for people who know how to follow him. Leadership in the kingdom looks like those who are following Jesus at whatever the cost. And that's why Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. He said, I'm showing you, uh, you can, you can follow me because I'm following him. Leadership in the kingdom looks like following a man named Jesus. That's what our life is. There is life there. There's goodness there. And I believe he, the only things worth having are what we have found in him. Y'all with me today? I believe he wants to, you know, uh, I've said this before. Bill Johnson says this, Pastor Bethel Church. He says, busyness is... Um, it is artificial significance. Busyness is artificial significance. Busy, busy. I'm doing this. You ever seen somebody and you're like, man, they do everything. They're doing this and they got this going on. They're awesome. And I'm not saying they're not, but a lot of times busyness, doing everything can be artificial significance. I'd rather know the one thing he's called me to and just do that. If that's for me in my, in this season is saying the Lord said, Hey, I'm just calling you to be a really great dad to your kids. Well, guess what? I'm giving myself to that. Seasons change. But the, the thing is, is are you walking with him? Are you walking with him in that season? And he's faithful to lead you. All right. Last thing I'm going to say, 
Well, say this with me. Say forsake, forsake. Run, run, cling. Forsake, forsake. Run, run, cling. As I believe today that there are some things, again, the Lord wants you to forsake. What have you been carrying that Jesus hasn't led you into, that he hasn't put on you? I believe today he's saying, forsake it. Have you been trying to... Um, have you been trying to make things right that Jesus already made right? Maybe it's a sin issue. Maybe it's an addiction. Maybe it's just a big decision that you've been carrying. I believe the Lord today is saying, I want you to forsake it. I want you to throw it off. I want you to run to me and cling to me. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. Right. And so let's simplify today. Let's simplify. Some of you, it's like you're thinking of everything. Look, look, simplify. Jesus is so interested in the minute things in your life. I told this story maybe last week or the week before, two weeks ago. But I woke up on a Sunday morning trying to find clothes. Right. Y'all remember this? I told you this. Some of you, for if you weren't here, I'll keep telling it. Okay. It's just good for me. The Lord is teaching me. It was a minute thing. I was looking for clothes, right? And, and I'm getting stressed out because post-hurricane piles of clothes, right? And um, I can't find my stuff. And uh, I'm like getting frustrated. Oh, God. And, and I, you know, just angry. And the Lord um, over clothes, right? <laughs> it's like ridiculous. And then I hear the Lord whisper, I haven't called you to strive. And I look down and the two pieces of clothing are right there on top of the pile. I pick them up and I'm like, Lord, you, you're great. Thank you. And uh, it's like, he got me, you know, he, he got me, but he was teaching me. And that's how he is. He teaches you that he's in the insignificant things. He's, he, if it's important to you, it's important to him. He's a good father. And some of you need to hear that as some of you, you've struggled and you've ran and you've got to figure this out. And I've been carrying this and I've got this on my plate. And maybe your expectation is that you think the Lord is like, hey, I'm waiting for you to get it right. Let me see what you're going to do. Let me see how you're going to handle it to see if I'm going to bless you or not. He's like, come on, are you going to get it right? Let's see. Let's we're, you're, you know, your life is hanging in the balance right now, waiting to see if you're going to earn my love. You know, but don't we don't we do that? We put ourselves on trial. We put ourselves on the stand. Have you done enough? Have you been enough? Have you led enough? Have you read enough? Have you prayed enough? Have you have you have you? The enemy loves to pile it on. He loves to pile it on. And he loves to lie to you and say, you're not enough. And what you've done isn't enough. You're not enough. You're not smart enough. You're not good looking enough. You're not whatever. You're not, you don't have enough money. You don't have enough experience. And, you know, God, I, I, I look at my life, to be honest with you, and like, I, I love my wife and my kids and I've got family. I've got, and, and, and I'm not boasting. I'm saying like, I, don't, I wasn't smart enough to make that happen. Wasn't like I can, I think, and like, I, I look back sometimes like, I don't know how I even got here other than maybe just there were some important times in my life where I just said yes to the Lord. And, uh, I, I, I heard somebody say this. They say the Lord he, he, 
or, or he, he said it like this, there are plenty of times where you're going to feel unqualified. You're going to feel like, I don't, I, this is too much. This is too big. I'm not enough. And, and whether you're qualified or not ha, has nothing to do with it. What has to do with it is three words unto the Lord. Uh, three letters, not three words. Those three letters are, they spell yes. It's your yes to the Lord. It's Lord, yes, you say it, I'll do it. Like Jesus, he said, I just see what the Father's doing and I do that. Okay, can we just take a deep, can in the room, can we take a deep breath? It's simple, okay? It's that simple. And maybe, and it's like, I can even in the room just sense the arguments like, well, it's not that simple. Well, you don't know what I've been through. And if you knew how complicated my life was and what, what I've gone through and what I've done and, and, and maybe at the, at the core of it, the thing is it's what you've done. It's what you've leaned on. It's what you can figure out. And I'm not picking on you. I'm challenging you today to lean into something different. I'm challenging you today to maybe the thing that's been the hang up is the thing, the thing that you thought you have to fight through is the thing the Lord's saying, I want you to forsake that. And I want you to run the other direction towards me. And I want you to cling to me. I want you to cling as if your life depended on it, because it does. I want you to cling. Jesus said in John 15, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Just come and remain in me. Listen to, listen to me. Obey me. Whenever I tell you, just live there. And what is the fruit? Of? The fruit comes. The fruit comes of your life. But it's only as a result of being. It, it, is, it is being connected to him. It is being vitally connected to him. My life depends on this connection. Jesus, I've got to cling to you. I've got to cling to you. I'm no longer clinging to what I can figure out, what I can do, my gifts, my talents, my abilities. Those come or go, great. Lord, I need you. I need you. I've got to cling to you. My life depends on it. You can't fix your past, but I can tell you this. Jesus has already been there. He's already been there. He's already been there and he's saying, forsake it, run to me, cling to me, forsake it, run to me, cling to me. Come on, attach yourself to me, attach yourself to me. I'm not asking you to do that. I'm asking you to cling to me. You've been running around in circles. You've been juggling. You've been doing this. Cling to me, cling to me. That's it. Cling to me. Jesus, I thank you. Thank you for the simplicity of the gospel. That it wasn't our rightness, it was yours. It wasn't our goodness, it was yours. Jesus, you are the beginning and the end. And you meet us everywhere in between. You you are the hinge on which our door rests. You, everything is hinged on you. We can't do anything without you. We don't, we don't want to live a life trying, doing fruitless works. Jesus, you said that many will come to me in that day and say, Lord, Lord, haven't I done this and that great things. But you said, for, leave me. I never knew you. I was never, you were never 
intimate with me. You were never connected with, connected with me in a way that your life depended on it. Today, I, I want to, Lord, we want to come to you in desperate need of you, but knowing that we're coming to a good father, knowing that we're coming to the one who is the source of life and the source of strength and the source of peace, the one who is our salvation, the one who is our redeemer. We're not coming to one who doesn't care. We're coming to one who has proved it over and over, who has actually finished it all, saying that I've made made it all available for you. I've already done everything that needs to be done. So Lord, we today lean into the big done. It's done. We just have to learn to cling to it. So today we forsake all of our fruitless doing so that we can live in the place that it has been done and we are working from what has already been done. Today, I believe the Lord wants to set some of you free from busyness. He wants to set some of you free from the weight of that it all falls on you. It's all, if, if you don't do it, it won't get done. Or I even feel today there's some in the room that you have thought that it, it, it's like everything is a mess because of you. You think it's all a mess because of you. And the Lord says, you're not responsible. There's nothing he can't heal. There's nothing that he hasn't already forgiven. There's nothing he hasn't already paid for. He's saying, I want you to forsake shame and guilt. And I want you to run to me and cling to me. He's grace. He's full of truth. He's full of love for you. Come on, if that's you today, I want you just to receive from the Lord. He wants to give you rest. He wants you to, for some of you, it might be that you need to surrender and make him Lord. Maybe you've known him as Savior and you've wanted his rescue, but you haven't submitted to his leadership to say, come and lead me. Come and change the way I think. You know, the disciples, whenever Jesus said, come follow me, says they immediately dropped their nets. He is a G Jesus is worth our immediate response of saying yes. So today, if that's you, I want you just to tell Jesus, here I am. If you if you've been doing it in your own strength, you need to relinquish control. You need to relinquish fear. Quit holding hands with it and begin to cling to him. He is our everything. He is our source. It is just Jesus. It is just him. The fullness of life is in him. Don't run your whole life thinking that you're building something that has no eternal value. Cling to him. The fruit that comes from your life as a result of you being connected with him is eternal fruit. It is, it is the only thing that lasts. To Jesus, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you that you, you don't need us, but you want us. You want us. And so I thank you that you have made yourself available for us to cling to, to depend on you, to remain in, to find ourselves in you. And so today we just fully give ourselves to you. Fully give ourselves to you. Will you stand this morning? I just want to bless you and pray for you. Forsake, run, cling, right? Y'all good? All right. Jesus, I bless your people. I just bless them with peace and with joy. I thank you, Lord, that they are yours.
that you are good to them, that you are faithful to them. We bless their homes. We bless their families. Let your presence fill their lives, Jesus. Let your voice be uh, what leads them. I thank you, Lord, they aren't going to lean on their own understanding on what they can do, but they're going to lean on every word that you say. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your divine truth. We love you, Jesus. Thank you for joy in hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to our Sermon of the Week. For more information, please visit us at thewellspringchurch.org.